0: Welcome to the Panel Scanners, the show where we talk comic, book, news, and things that are generally related. With me tonight, as always, uh, now as always, Matt, how are you doing tonight, bud? Oh, Phil. How are you doing this evening? You know, a little tired, to be completely honest. We had a little bit of a heat wave here in Ohio, kind of weird in early April, but, you know, (laughs) 85 degrees, a little sweaty. Uh, Also, Gary, how are you doing, Gary?
1: That I was am quick. working to solidify myself as the show curmudgeon. So, yeah.
0: uh, doing well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're pretty successful there. All right. Good. Yeah.
2: And the guy who's been the longest pain in my butt, Darren. Hey, buddy. I didn't think we'd have uh, – it didn't last long, Phil. I'll just say that. Um, but, hey, uh, I, after the amount of crap you uh, took last month, Phil, I think I'll just uh, I'll just say hello.
0: Fair enough. Well, anyhow, uh, I'm assuming everybody is at least halfway functional for this evening. Uh That said, I guess we should probably discuss what happened while we were away. That's two in a row, man. You know when you when you make a big scene, it's me not want to do it. And there's
2: our soundbite. Just read your story, dude. All right, so here we go, guys. Uh One of the things I think we look forward to a lot, especially Phil and I over the years, is Free Comic Book Day, first Saturday in May every uh, year. And uh, Phil and I have been fortunate enough of multiple years, and and Matt has actually joined us a couple of times, to record at Carolyn John's Free Comic Book Day Midnight Release Party. Um, Of course, it didn't happen last year. Uh, We don't know. It's gotten moved. The date is no longer the first Saturday in May, um, and that is in direct response to what is going on in the world. It is now August 14th. 2021 and there's some uh, they've released a bunch of issues one of which Gary sent along to me which is Zorro uh which I was one of the things I'll absolutely poked up pick up there's a Star Wars High Republic Phil I've been meaning to tell you and uh Matt you too if you picked up any of the Star Wars High Republic I read one of them it's very very good but you gotta read the book first because it does have some spoilers and I was about 20 pages away from finishing the novel and I cannot find it anywhere I have no idea where I put it, so I'm a little bit frustrated right now. Um, the pro- Proverbial or uh, Annual Machinica? Mash- we never figured out how to say that. That's going to be out there. There's a Blade Runner comic coming out. Uh, Avengers Hulk number one, not that number one, is, is going to be one of the... ones uh, uh, Assassin's Creed comic coming oh, yeah. for free comic book day. There's the Zorro one. Um, Resistance Uprising, that's something they released a couple of years ago that I actually liked. Um, let's see... There's some coming from the boys, Vampirella, Red Room. Uh, there's your collector's guide. For the younger kids, there's Sonic, uh, Stray Dogs. Boy, I sure hope that's uh, for younger kids. It looks like it. Uh, don't don't blame me if it isn't. Um, Spider-Man <laughs> Venom, number one, coming from Marvel. Um, the Smurfs, Judge Dredd. Uh, there's some stuff in here I'm looking at that it might be um, something I'd pick up. I don't see our buddy the Tick yet, though, Phil. He's Let's... there.
1: He's got
2: to be there. He's there. Oh, okay. I didn't see him. I must have been scrolling a little bit too quickly. So, yeah, I've, I've already, like, looking through this, I figured out, like, going into Carolyn John's, I, I, there's usually going to be 10 things I'll pick up, which is a lot of fun because it gives you an idea of um, some of the new stuff you might want to pick up and read, which is the whole point. Enter the House of Slaughter. That's from Boom Studios. I love Boom Studios, so I'm guaranteed to pick that one up. Um, okay. And uh, speaking of Carolyn John's, you know, they're not to be outdone. They're going to have not free comic book day, which will be in um, the first Saturday in May. Uh, it's going to be, it says Sunday. We'll do this on even on Sunday, May 2nd. Okay, so let me read this out to you. This is what's on the Carolyn John's website. Not free comic book day. Um, it's going to be the first Saturday this May. And Leo free comic book day. And it's going to... They're calling it a historic event, but anything they do is historic to me. We love them. Uh, they're going to pull all the books out of our back room, and their back room, and storage locker, and put them in the extra storefront, the one they usually use for a free comic book day, um, at only $1 each. $0.50 cents each or for 100 or more. So if you pick up 100 comics, it's 50 bucks. Okay? Unless I miss my math, which generally I do. Um, it's got, They're saying it's around 200 long boxes with a range of Marvel DC independent. Uh, so, Matt, if you're wondering when the next time I'm driving out your way for coffee, that's the day. So clear your schedule. Uh, I dear. absolutely will be going out to this uh i am really excited about this back issue hunting is one of the my favorite things about this hobby and i've got i've been compiling a list after list to figure out stuff i need one of which i don't need is conan the barbarian number 11 because i have two of those thanks to gary which is part of the problem of me not going through this so this is big news man i feel like this is really really cool i'm excited about this um that there's going to be a free comic book day maybe there might be some event um, we don't know yet. I guess we're going to have to let the world figure that out. But if you're looking for some back issues, Carol John's was already the place to be, but it sure looks like on that first Saturday in May, 2021, they are absolutely the place to be for free comic book day. Well, if
0: you need something to kill the time until August, Disney plus is going to release Loki on June 11th. And there's a trailer that they just released to accompany that excitement. You guys know I don't watch trailers, but I hear very interesting things about it. Um, I was already all in anyhow. I love Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the idea of him being back in a series is great. Uh, and just this whole endless cycle of Disney plus Marvel shows is just kind of nice. Even though I have not started uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yet as I was telling Matt before we jumped in because I'm trying to get my girlfriend caught up on all of the films. Uh, We're almost there. Endgame should get knocked out this weekend, so I should definitely, by the time we record next, have watched it. So, June 11th? Loki. But there's a lot more television coming, isn't there, Darren?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to see the first season yet. Picard Season 2, Star Trek Picard, is official now. There was some doubt as to whether or not it was going to happen. I guess there's been a massive shake-up within the brass over at Paramount CBS. Um, And... But it is, they did release a teaser the other day. I'm excited to watch the first season. Like I said, Phil kind of convinced me uh, back in the summer, last summer, that I was so close to finishing uh, The Next Generation just to hold off in Picard. And it took me until about a month ago to actually finish it. So I I did sort of, I was mentioning last month, I had... A bit of an emotional experience uh, finishing Star Trek The Next Generation. I needed a break, so I'm going to wait until this comes out, and I will definitely binge season one and season two. But by all accounts, I mean, this is a big deal. Um, the first season was very, very successful. And uh, uh, Patrick Stewart appeared on a week... The What's the weekly talk show, The View, that Whoopi Goldberg's part of? He was interviewed... Um, to be on that, and he officially invited her back as Guinan to be part of season two. So that'll be very, very interesting. Her character was always very interesting on that show. So I'm looking forward to it. In more, slightly more Canadian um, news, Gary? I'm crushing your head. I'm <laughs> crushing your head. Nobody's home. Nobody's <laughs> home.
1: Um, this one, okay. Um, This popped up on my feed a couple weeks ago, and I got very excited. Um, But as I looked into it, this was actually a March 2020 news release. Uh, Turns out that the Kids in the Hall, that originally aired from 1988 to 1995, uh, over 100 episodes in five seasons, uh, Amazon has ordered a new eight-episode season with all five original members. Uh, This will be Amazon's first Canadian quote-unquote original series. Uh, it will include Dave Foley, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. Um, executive producer once again, Lauren Michaels. Uh, premiere date has not been set, but again, this was a March twenty twenty news release, and I have not seen uh, anything to follow that up. But that is something that I am very, very, very excited to see. Yeah, high school
3: self don't. inside it, jumping out uh, for joy.
1: Yes. Anything else exciting going on out there?
2: Oh, yeah. There really is. But what? Oh, that's probably my cue. Where yeah. We? Good job on that, Phil. Hell of a job as host. Uh, I thought he had it. <laughs> one of the two of you blew it. He's either the segue or Phil, and it's not me. Um, Pierce Brosnan, my favorite Bond actor, and I got to be honest, one of my favorite actors, one of the most underrated actors out there. Um. He is now Dr. Fate. Brosnan will appear as Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate, in the 2022 Black Adam, uh, which is alongside The Rock. For those not in the know, Kent Nelson is DC's answer to Stephen Strange, or stock Stephen Strange was Marvel's answer to um, Kent Nelson, because Dr. Strange came around in the 60s, and uh, Dr. Fate was part of the Justice Society of America, which is in the 1940s. Um, so anyway, here's all you need to know. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange Fate. Doctor Strange, Cloak and Eye of something or other. What is it, Phil? The Eye of?
1: Agamotto. Uh, that's yeah. it, Phil.
2: That's right. That's it. That's right, Gary. Good job, Marvel guy. Um, <laughs> And so Doctor Strange, Cloak and Eye of Agamotto, and Doctor Fate, helmet and Amulet. Okay, everyone up to speed? That's pretty cool. much, they're pretty much the same thing. From one mysticism to another, Matt. Fantastic. All right. So, Obi-Wan
3: cast was revealed while we were away or while we were doing other things. Um, so, the cast has been revealed. So, we're going to get a couple of names in there uh, for the folks who are familiar with Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen. We are going to see Joel Edgerton and uh, the woman who also let me. Body oh, Peace. Your name always escapes me, and I can't. I Body Peace. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Body yeah. Peace. Uh, yeah, and then also, I think the most important news. Uh, for some Star Wars fans, me not included, uh, was the official uh, thing on IMDb where Hayden Christensen is definitely reprising the role as Darth Vader.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But actually some very exciting (laughs) things. Uh, We have a video leaked uh, recently um, of the set that's being built there, and this is outstanding, but if anybody watched this video release, um, uh, it is absolutely smacking of Tatooine, which shocked nobody. Um, but that does kind of create an interesting timeline. So we are definitely following, uh, the timeline that they have set. And, and it's kind of interesting because it does fill in some of the gaps that we would have seen filled in with the rebels, uh, cartoon series, which I know I've talked about a lot on the, on the show before. Uh, and then certainly as it leads into a new hope. So absolutely. All right. Going from one old character to another old character, uh, Gary earlier in the month sent me a link for a possibility of Mace Windu being fleshed out, and this probably relates mainly back to um, the the news of Obi Wan. Uh, we're looking <laughs> for ways to try to bring him about. Uh, so the Samuel L. Jackson character, who was uniquely undertoned, underplayed relative to Samuel L. Jackson's other characters that he's portrayed in cinema, uh, he was a, he was a very calm and controlled individual th- throughout those three films. No way he saw his demise uh in the um revenge of the sith but of course we know that unless you actually see the person die they don't technically die So there's a possibility for him to come back and i know that's been a big rumor uh and recently and then of course we also have the possibility with now vader uh possibly battling ahsoka so this is another item that was uh released on giant freaking robot which was talked about as a possibility now i know for those for a lot of us that doesn't really work out time wise because um we know that Vader and Ahsoka obviously are connected with one another, dating back to the Clone Wars. Um, but the time period, how they're talking about this in the article was uh, bringing it back in relation to the Mandalorian time frame, which we know takes place after uh, the return of the Jedi. So I know it's going to be really hard for us to try to figure it out. But I think at the same time, um, there's a possibility for this to come into play.
1: Uh, Gary? No, if it's after Jedi, I, I have questions, obviously. Um, that's
3: and that's I think what a lot of people are trying to figure out too. So how is Darth Vader going to play into that? Is it going to be a flashback thing, or how does that going to work exactly?
1: Well, they actually had um, them to face off in one of the animated series, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it was Rebels. I think Rebel. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, the 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 names. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, there was a
3: beautiful convergence of Ahsoka Tano, Darth Maul, Darth Vader. I mean, just the way that they did that, there was a two-episode uh, story arc where it was just really, really impressive. And probably some of the best cartoon television I've ever seen from that perspective, uh, from that CGI, kind of like the way that they did that within the Star Wars universe. Definitely got me uh, more excited about a TV show than I've been for a long time. All right. Uh, moving on from the Star Wars universe back into the Marvel universe, Phil. So- yeah.
0: And it's just, it's one of these things of like, things keep getting announced before the thing that it's being spun off from is even available to us. But to keep that whole thing going, there's going to be an Echo Hawkeye spinoff. It's already in development. Echo is a deaf Native American um, hero. So assumedly being trained by uh, Clint in some way, shape or form or something will be introduced during the Hawkeye series. But the big news tied to that is Charlie Cox, you know, the Daredevil that we've grown to love from the Netflix series, is to reprise his role during that uh, TV series. Uh, We're supposedly going to get Charlie Cox Daredevil during the next Spider-Man movie um, as well. He has already wrapped his filming on that. So a lot of things circling Daredevil. I'm not sure if the idea, because Echo is deaf, that having a blind superhero with... Um them is going to be what the game plan is there kind of the echo blind and deaf i don't know we'll see uh not a lot is known we just know it's in development and we haven't had a lot of interaction with echo obviously considering it will be a character from that hawkeye show regardless going from someone with an eagle eye that can shoot some arrows to someone who is really fast gary
1: um The more I research this, I've decided that I am now going to rename the CW, the CF, the old Charlie Foxtrot, where the C stands for Cluster. The CW's Powerpuff Girls, now known simply as Powerpuff, has begun filming and has cast Scrubs alumni Donald Faison as Professor Utonium. Uh, Set photos show the girls, now in their 20s and the telltale mono-colored dresses. Uh, Rumor has it that the executives at the CW have some really good stuff in their collect-up stashes, uh, as there is rumor of a Powerpuff Girls Arrowverse crossover with either The Flash or Batwoman. Um, Batwoman needs all the help she can get right now, because while Season 1 debuted with 1.9 million viewers... It had dropped to 750,000 by the finale. Uh, Ruby Rose then left the project as Kate Kane and was replaced with Ryan Wilder to a 700,000 season two debut. It was reportedly renewed for season three, but has been reporting less than 450,000 viewers per episode. And by the way, Kate Kane has now been recast by actress Wallace Day. Um, so it just it feels like they're just throwing anything they can against the wall right now um, I don't know if it's because Superman and Lois is doing so well they just kind of gave a big old whatever to everything else they're doing um but you know that's 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 their entire DC lineup right now uh Darren any other DC news worth note
2: oh yeah man oh boy you ready for this? So it's time for some news on the Snyderverse, which is everyone's favorite topic for the past, I don't know, 10 years, depending on what you believe this month or today for that matter, after all the setup, after Superman Goldberging Steppenwolf setting up a showdown with Darkseid, which is what this whole thing was about anyway, and what we all wanted to see. HBO has reportedly pulled the plug on the Snyderverse, though, just recently, it is being reported that the Batfleck movie is back on again. These reports coming on the heels of Zack Snyder's Justice League debut last month, which may require, I admit, a bit of a mea culpa on my part. Hopefully Matt and I can grab a minute or two to speak on this a bit. The echo, this echoes reports that emerged prior to the recent release of the uh, Justice League in late March that Henry Cavill is finally officially out as Superman. In other news, Henry Cavill is not out as Superman. Um, <laughs> in fact, Giant Freaking Robot reporting further that Cavill Superman movies, plural, will give Lois powers. All right, guys, um, where do I start? I've mentioned before, yeah, Phil, that's the exact proper response as you shake your head. Love and thunder, love and thunder. Uh, <laughs> I have mentioned before, like the fourth Kelvin timeline Star Trek, Henry Cavill's next Superman movie is the story I am most tired of reporting on. Just assume that all reports are false and nobody knows anything. Until I am sitting down, watching either, likely six months after their release, I won't believe anything I read or hear. For the record, if a Supes movie were to go into production today, it would not be until 2023 before it is released. That is a full ten years since The Man of Steel was released. Hard to believe, right? But if you thought it was ten years, ten years is a long time to wait... Add another six, and we might get.
3: Uh, That's a segue, Phil. That was,
2: yeah. That set you up so perfectly.
0: Nine years.
2: Nine years you've been doing this.
0: Nine years. Nine years. Nine years old.
2: Hold on. Hold on. Let's try this again. Ready, Phil? This is good practice. But if you thought 10 years was long to wait, add another six, and we might get
0: man i think it's because this is breaking me slowly um because it's been back and forth so much that my brain doesn't want to accept it i've already expressed my concerns with the whole new spider-man movie coming out with there being multiverse and multi-spider-mans including andrew garfield and toby mcguire well if 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 i'll say it one more time if this new Spider-Man film gets critical acclaim and people really do <laughs> truly enjoy it. And the outcry continues. Tobey McGuire is most likely heading back to the table to do another Spider-Man solo film, potentially directed by Sam Raimi, because that's what we need, is to make the Marvel Cinematic Universe confusing, like the DC Universe.
3: Well, it's about um,
0: time. I know a lot of people are like, "Yeah, it's Maguire McGuire coming back, blah, blah. That was my favorite Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a terrible, terrible move. Um, we're muddying the waters here. I don't need an older Spider-Man at this point uh, with what's going on in the MCU. Uh, this is also just another way for Sony to be able to pump out more Spider-Man films that aren't necessarily completely tied to the MCU. There's a lot of questions. Um, Originally, this came as a rumor, what, like a week ago? I think, Gary, you originally drew my attention to this. Um, and her Gigacity and Giant Freaking Robot, they say it is confirmed. But the confirm is that Toby could be going back to the table. So, maybe. Sounds familiar, Darren, as hey. all of your things are maybes. So, Phil, I
2: have an idea. When it huh? comes to the next Superman movie and the next Spider-Man movie, whenever there's news... We should just go, there might be news on the next right. Spider-Man or Superman and just leave it at that. It's just, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. And it's a mess before the movie even came out. And this is literally
0: what I've told you guys I've been worried about since they mentioned multiple spider man And uh, Spider-Man 3 Because I can't call it No Way Home yet. I just, I don't know. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. How about, Gary, you give me some... DC news that can make me maybe feel a little bit better about what's going
1: on in the moral Cinematic Universe. Well, uh, speaking of uh, 10 years ago, uh, back in 2012, all the way through 2017, Justice League Dark was stuck in development hell. Uh, Several directors walked off the project, and its future was uncertain. Well, allegedly, not only is the project back on the table... But apparently Warner Brothers wants Keanu Reeves to lead the team by reprising his role as Constantine. Uh, Tune in to Panel Scanners episodes 142, 143, and 144 to hear me read off a single ongoing list of things that I would want. (laughs) Uh, Darren, tell me what you want, what you really, really want.
2: Oh my god. Well, I don't know if it's really, really what I want, what I really, really want, but it's what I'm gonna get. If that if, that, uh, if that's going to go along. So, Batman, the long Halloween movie trailer is out for the DC animated universe. The animation style in no way resembles Tim Sale's art from the comic, which I think is probably working in its favor for me, as now I kind of don't expect a faithful retelling of the Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale masterpiece. For more on the Batman long Halloween, see our Halloween special from 2017. And now, Gary... I have to admit this next story, you have got me spiraling on it because I heard you guys uh, talking about it right before we hit the old record button. This is a product of me not being in the shop, not going around and browsing comics, because had I seen this on the shelf, I would have snatched it up immediately. Um, I
1: accidentally stumbled across uh, a comic title a number of weeks ago maybe over a month now called canto uh the idw series focuses on a, a race of small clockwork knights as they attempt to free themselves from enslavement uh the series has been optioned for a movie by will and jada smith's westbrook studios uh they will be adapting it to an animated film uh the series creator uh david m booker and drew zucker will serve as executive producers and write the screenplay um I picked up issues two and four of a second ongoing series. Uh, I put my order in with Carol and John's to get pretty much a hands on anything else I could get. And they found most of it except for issues one and two of the original series that uh, were out of print. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, uh, issue one first print is auctioning for somewhere between $150 to $200 just for that single print. I did get my hands on a second printing, still cost me about 65 bucks, but this series is outstanding. And honestly, the thought of a movie, okay, check that. Um, this movie needs to go to the Henson Company. This needs to be puppets. Um, right now, they're playing, out doing an animated series, but seven pages into what I was reading and I felt Labyrinth, I felt Dark crystal. This, this would be a perfect vehicle for that type of storytelling. Do you have
2: any idea how much money you're costing me right now?
1: Yes, because I've spent it.
2: <laughs> <So that's... laughs>
1: um, speaking of uh, other movies that are being uh, produced by uh, Hollywood stars that love comic books, uh, Static Shock will be allegedly getting a movie treatment as well, thanks to another Hollywood comic lover. Michael B. Jordan, uh, as he is on as producer. Uh, Randy McKinnon is penning the script. Uh, no release date as of yet, but it is reported that things are, quote, progressing quickly.
0: Oh man, static shock. So, so fun memories. But just like you said, with the no actual release date for that, let's talk about some pushback release dates from things that we thought we knew. First up, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is now pushed back to September 24th. That is the sequel to the surprisingly enjoyable Venom film from a couple years back. Um, still to this day, I can't believe I walked out of there enjoying it uh, after walking in and expecting a garbage fire. So I have uh, kind of decent expectations for Carnage for being just kind of this ridiculous popcorn action film, um, which won't be a bad thing, but. I have to wait until September 24th yet another Marvel delay. Black widow has been pushed back for, I don't know. It's just like the fifth time, something like that. (sighs) Um, It's only, it's only a month later at this, sorry, two months later at this point, um, because it was originally supposed to drop in May. We're now pushed back to July 9th and Disney finally buckled and will be offering it on Disney plus, but it will be a premier access film much like Mulan was. And there's right. one other too. Oh uh, yeah. Um, which I heard was actually really good. Um, the last Disney film. So premiere access, 30 bucks, get it a few months early, or you can go to a theater. If you feel like you are getting vaccinated because it also releases in theaters on July 9th, um, or you can wait a couple months and it will be available for your subscription fee of Disney Plus, Which one are you uh, considering, Phil? I'll probably go to the, the theater, honestly. I'm vaccinated. I can smack a mask on, and it, it should be okay. Uh Especially since it's a summer release. I can probably hit it early in the day when no one wants to go to the theater anyway. Um, You know, that 8 o'clock showing when everyone else is still in bed. Uh I think it'll be... I, I want to see it right when it comes out. It's been over a year since we had a uh, MCU film, so... Hopefully it is worth the wait. All right, Matt, you have some more Disney Plus stuff, though, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of things that were worth the wait, or at least we waited a long time or eh, just happened a long time ago. Uh, Star Wars is releasing a vintage collection on Disney Plus. Um, So it has already popped up. So if you've been uh, venturing through Disney Plus wondering whether or not Frozen 2 is worth a 15th viewing, uh, you can always switch on over to the Star Wars and look at the vintage collection. Um, essentially what this is, is an opportunity for um, Star Wars to uh, re-release some outdated stuff or uh, some stuff that had been out of print. Um, so a lot of this is going to smack the 80s with heavy emphasis on the Ewoks initially. Uh, I know they were very popular from the Return of the Jedi series, so I think this was kind of their kid-friendly version as they were going through this. So you're going to see things uh, such as the Battle of Endor with the Ewoks. You're going to see the Ewoks cartoon series that are coming out. Uh, those kinds of things that are coming out. Plus, there is a Clone Wars 2D version of it that will not be CGI animated. And that was something that's uh, been released. So, just more Star Wars content if you want to, uh, to fill that in there. Um, I can't, I don't believe that this is anything to do with Canon. I think this is just to do with its legend stuff or, or stuff like that. But I think if you just wanted to have something to watch with your kids or something like that, I do remember watching the Ewok show back in the 80s. So, yeah. What's going on, you know? Phil?
0: Star, Star Wars holiday special.
3: <laughs> nah i'm good on that one
2: but do you remember do you forgive me on this but it's 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 topical because um remember what we did what you uh what was not into the, the holiday special what was going to be under our tree and i said i wanted uh the people who did 30 for 30. The, last yeah. dance, the, the, the last dance the last dance to do a documentary in the same vein on the star wars holiday special well it's coming <laughs> so I I uh, th- That's my number one thing to look forward to. I have to tell you, I can't wait to see who explains that thing away.
3: <laughs> well, moving from Star Wars to more Star Wars, we actually have a, a new series coming out. So we had talked about this before with the Bad Batch, uh, but they did drop the trailer recently. So if you were interested in checking that out, it looks exciting as heck. I mean, it really does. It looks so much fun. Looks like so much fun. Uh, And it also sparked the conversation uh, between Gary and I via text, which is, if they're all supposed to be derivative of Jenga Fett, how come they look different from one another? So that was a fun uh, give and take back on them. And ultimately, he's right. Uh, I do believe they have different experiences. But nonetheless, uh, that's going to be coming out. uh, So as we've said before, that's coming out May the 4th. Uh, so that'll be the bad. Uh, it dropped the trailer. So you can run on over to IMDB and check that out at your leisure. Right on star Wars
0: day. Right. Right. Which Star Wars animated show do they spiral out of clone wars? The mm. so, so the initial so I one was, uh, clone Wars beforehand. I've struggled to start it four times.
3: It's not as good as Rebels, I'll give it that. And I know, I, like I said, I've already brought it up once this episode, but then I, I know I brought it up in previous one. Rebels was really, really good. It was something my son and I were able to watch together, and he was able to kind of keep interested in it. And, uh, no, Clone Wars still has that unforgivable character uh, in it um, that shall remain nameless. Anakin Skywalker. Um, that? <laughs> Anakin
1: Skywalker.
3: <laughs> Anakin wasn't the problem. The, the way they made him appear in that show was the issue. No, Jar Jar Binks. So he's, he uh, pops up in Clone Wars. and it's, it's about as insufferable as you can remember. Um, so nonetheless, he's in there. Uh, so yeah, Clone Wars can be a little bit of a tough bill to swallow at times. But it did give us to Sokotano, so we can't be too upset about that. Uh, moving forward uh, from kind of like, I guess, maybe in the genre of the Bad Batch kind of uh, fly by the sea of their pants, do their own kind of thing. We get a little bit more
1: news on Deadpool. Well, from uh, Disney good to Disney bad, uh, last month I had reported on a number of issues that had developed between Ryan Reynolds and Disney in regards to Deadpool 3. Um, Reynolds was unhappy with Disney's meddling and apparently pulled his maximum effort production company off of the Disney lot. Uh, After what was described as a staring contest with Disney, uh, Reynolds was apparently given complete creative control over the script and content of the film. The rumor is, however, is that Disney is considering releasing two versions of Deadpool three. One would be PG thirteen for the more family friendly crowd, and the other would be rated R, you know, as it should be. Uh, it has also been reported that Ryan Reynolds wants to direct Deadpool four, uh, wants total control of Deadpool's involvement in other films, along with veto power if he doesn't like the direction that the character is being taken. Uh, again, tune into the Panel Scanners episodes 142, 143, and 144 for my list of things that I want. Um. <clears throat> okay, well, this was a uh, last-minute change, so I don't really have a segue planned for this one. Uh, Darren, you saw something uh, comic booky and interesting.
2: Yes, the, in fact, that could be a segue for every single one of our news stories, Gary. So that was well-planned. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we just completed the NCAA men's basketball tournament and the NCAA women's basketball tournament, and those are my favorite. That's my favorite sporting event of the year, uh, especially the first two days of the, of the of the tournaments. It's just total chaos, and it's just so much fun. So usually around that time, you get a bunch of these other things out there that uh, try to replicate the tournament, and it's always fun to include these things. I saw one that was being run by, I think it was Warner Brothers, where they did. Uh, the Kong versus Godzilla and they had their own bracket, which Batman won. But the final four was like Batman, Sheldon Cooper. Um, and it was like Frodo and someone I didn't even know. And I'm like, well, I'm not even bothering with this one. But USA Today put out one that needs some discussion. Now, first of all, um, if, you, if anyone tells me who won, then you looked it up. But who do you think won the ultimate, which already, and Phil knows, it is not the ultimate superhero bracket for one specific reason, which we'll get to in a moment. But why don't you guys go ahead and take a guess at who won the whole thing?
1: Is this an open field?
2: It's See, Marvel does... DC. Yeah. <clears throat> the
0: thing that bothers me is there's a lot of missing folks from this one Scarlet in particular. Witch. I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Scarlet Witch in there as the winner because she is
2: very powerful. Um, so obviously oh. you guys looked at this. No, I didn't. Yeah, because Scarlet Witch took it. She won. Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch was a number one seed. A For number one seed.
1: Altering abilities.
2: She was a number one seed. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Loki were the other three number one seeds. Uh, so I don't know how you make Loki a number one seed, and I don't know how you make Scarlet right, Witch a know. number one seed. Now, let me just say this. I have no problem with Scarlet Witch winning. In fact, I think it's like Baylor winning, which just won. The more new blood we get in there, the better it is for everyone, right? So Scarlet Witch winning, obviously built on the momentum she experienced from the TV show, right, Matt?
1: Right, fresh in everyone's mind right now, yeah.
3: Yeah, recency bias. I think it, But she is powerful, for She's sure.
2: She's Amy powerful. Like, but if you, sure, but, but you also if you're talking about, like, number one seeds, like who are the Kentucky, the Kansas, the Duke, North Carolina, you're not going with Scarlet Witch. All right, um, but there's another thing. They're saying this is the ultimate I mean, bracket, and somehow I don't have. Like I said, I have no problem with Scarlet Witch winning this. I think it's great. Spider Man is not a number one seed in here. He's not a two seed. He's not a sixteen seed. He's nowhere. He was left off the list. So Amazing. right away, this list is completely invalid. <laughs> right? Well, I remember looking at it, and I remember
0: the fact that. Spider Man was missing, and they included like Hawkeye and Black Widow. Oh, okay. Never mind. And I was like, okay, no.
1: I was about to defend that
2: now that you say that. That Which I have no problem with them being there, but you gotta have Spider Man, right? Winter Soldier on there.
1: Superheroes. There's no, like, Living Tribunal or Beyonder or anything like that? Or, no. Or are they considered, well...
2: First of all, I mean, listen, Spider-Man's not on the list and he gets knocked out in the first round. Guess what? It happens. I would think, personally for me, if you're just going with tradition, your number one seeds would be, like, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Batman, Thor, something along those lines. One of those guys is going to be your number one seed, right? That's just, you know, those are the, probably the most powerful the, the ones that right away by the way Deadpool's not on here either I mean Hmm. I know they didn't necessarily do villains but but here's another thing that they did first of all you have in the first round the Hulk versus Green Arrow why what's the point there why wouldn't you take Green Arrow and put in and who's on the complete other side of the bracket Hawkeye well we don't expect Hawkeye and green arrow to face off in a championship round. So why wouldn't you at least put them on the same side of the bracket to get them to the potential to see, okay, let's see which one of these guys is going to be the one who gets voted. Matt. No,
3: I got an idea here because this kind of drives me bonkers too, but it kind of does speak to this notion. So why wouldn't they do like superpowers, right? Mm -hmm. Because I hate, I don't know. That does kind of bother me a little bit or people are superhero adjacent like your Black Widows, like your Hawkeyes, like your Batman, uh, those kinds of things. Like you can put them in a separate bracket because as cool as they are, or as many toys as they get, they're not lasting a second in the same ring as, is the Hulk. I don't understand. how you Exactly. And here's
0: they
3: put Hawkeye against water woman in
0: the first round.
2: Right. But that's like, that's an unfair fight to be even begin with. Yeah, it is. It's a definitely an unfair fight. And that's my point. Like, you threw Hawkeye against Wonder Woman. She's—he's gonna get beat. Like even if like it was like Marvel versus DC, Hawkeye's going down, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, and then you have like things like why would you have that? Why wouldn't you go ahead and say, all right, well we're gonna like who? I think you could take your if it was a full sixty-four, you could take Hawkeye and Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, those are eight and nine seeds, right? Yeah, I could see these two guys being eight and nine seed. Okay, you're in the first round against each other. Now here's the other thing. On one whole side of the bracket, the first round was completely swept by Marvel, which completely screws Marvel. Because what do you have in the second round? Hulk versus Thor. Now, how do you have that in your second round? So, if you're, let's just say that this is a big deal, like that you're, this is Marvel versus DC, and you're a Marvel fan, you're like, I'm screwed, because I'm losing one of those two guys in the second round. So, this whole thing was set up so we- bizarrely right away that the people like there's other people missing but it starts with Spider-Man. Like to me Spider-Man is a potential number 1 seed. You when you're listening, give me superheroes, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. He's like one of the first guys any uh, joe off the streets gonna mention, right? How is he not a top 5 guy? So, this is something we need to consider for next year to fix this. I like oh. I love the idea And then you have the Falcon, right? Who's hot right now. He goes up in the first round against the Flash. It's no contest. Some of these things, I looked at the votes like second round, you had Captain America versus Superman. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, if I'm rooting for Superman, he's in trouble. Superman won like, it wasn't even close. It was like 70 to 30%. He flew him into space. Yeah, he's like, okay, pal, you're gone. Um, And then you have Batman versus Aquaman in the second round, which doesn't make any sense. Are they on land or in water? Does, well, what difference does that make? It's, it's, who's Aquaman are we talking about here? But Batman won it, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I understand they probably were afraid to have a Batman-Superman final, so you had that in the semifinal. But I think it's great that Scarlet Witch won. I mean, that's obviously that she has connected somewhere along the way that got people to want her to vote for her. And she along the way, and here's another thing, in the second round, Marvel loses both Iron Man and the Hulk. So how is that? If you're a Marvel fan, you're like, okay, two of my heaviest hitters are gone after the second round. So Scarlet, Was which, Captain
1: Marvel in there at all?
2: What? Was Captain
1: Marvel in there at
2: all? Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel was in here. She or he beat Starfire, which I don't even know what Starfire they're talking about here. There can be multiple Starfires. Yeah. Um, So, I'm assuming it's from the Teen Titans. Um, Of course, it could also, yeah, that's who I'm assuming it's from. And Loki versus Robin. Now, obviously, I'm a Robin fan, but Robin's not going to beat Loki. Um, I mean, put these guys in position. So that, I mean, I I think this was, you know, so Scarlet Witch, along the way, she beat Black Lightning, Iron Man, Thor, uh, Loki, and then Superman. Hi, buddy. I got a visitor. So this is something we need to consider down the road, guys. It might be fun to figure out how to do this, uh, to see if we can figure out how to do it without bias, Um, which would be difficult. I'll tell you right now, um, Spider-Man's going to be my sentimental favorite, given he's like the guy who sat around on Selection Sunday knowing that he whooped everyone and they still didn't pick him. He's He's that proverbial... Like, when you're sitting at home, like, I remember Kent State University, like, when I was there, they sat around on Selection Sunday and didn't get picked, and there were teams that were way beneath them that didn't go, that went ahead of them. And you're like, what? We beat that team by 25! (laughs) So the Spider-Man is that dude, those kids sitting around on Selection Sunday, completely baffled why they're not in the tournament.
0: It's, I'm still in disbelief.
2: I I have to use this, buddy.
0: I mean, there's definite movie bias. I'm looking at the final round now that I am I found it. I mean, before the final of Superman versus Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange, and on the DC side, it was Superman versus Wonder Woman. So it's obvious movie bias at the moment.
3: Yeah, but those are still probably some of the most powerful characters because it's sure. like Doctor Strange, one of the most powerful ones in, in Marvel and... You know, Scarlet Witch kind of showed her, her ability and strength. I'm not mad about the Final Four. I mean, that's what it comes out to be. I'm just – I don't know. I think they <laughs> – in the in the spirit of inclusivity, they brought some people in there that maybe didn't deserve to be in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Perhaps. Well, I know Scarlet Witch was one of those ones that even back to uh, Endgame, you know, they said, you know, she could have taken out Thanos by herself. You know, had she maybe. been in, like,
0: full realization of her well, power. Yeah, she wasn't so busy, worried about Vision, but –
2: I don't know. Yeah. Well, good for yeah. her. I mean, that's it's cool.
0: Like I said, Darren, I saw that thing when they launched it, and I almost brought it up um, when we reported last, actually. And then I saw that Spider Man wasn't on it, and I was like, "This is a null and void."
2: You know, it was in the rundown, and I was, and I, I was going to report on it, and then I'm looking at it, and I skipped over it because I'm like, "Wait a minute, I must be reading this wrong because Spider Man's not there." <laughs> so I didn't want to talk about it.
0: Right. Unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. Bad writing. (laughs) All
0: right. How about you transform us out of this, Gary? Um,
1: Marco Ramirez is getting the nod to pen the script for the next live action Transformers movie. Uh, Ramirez has a number of Marvel works under his belt, although those were more on the TV side of things. Uh, Daredevil, The Defenders. Um, Director Angel Manuel Soto is taking the reins to steer the franchise away from the Michael Bay monstrosities. Uh, the first step was 2018's Travis Knight's film, Bumblebee. Uh, there are other movies planned from Paramount that will carry the Transformers name, but won't be part of the previous universe of movies. Uh, there is a Bumblebee sequel helmed by Stephen Caple Jr., as well as a planned Beast Wars movie too, uh, not to mention the animated movies in the works as well. Um, According to Giant Freakin' Robot, uh, Universal Studios is developing a live-action adaptation of Voltron, Defender of the Universe. Uh, You would think you would hear more excitement in my voice with this news. uh, Let me continue. Universal is apparently interested in having Michael Bay direct. Uh, Until that rumor is dispersed uh, or disproven, (laughs) I shall speak of it no more. Good call. (laughs) Um, the director, still me, still me, still me. Yes. The ah. director of Godzilla vs Kong film, uh, Adam Wingard has been greenlit to direct a big budget film of the eighties property, Thundercats, uh, according to deadline, the movie will be a, com- a hybrid of animation and CGI, uh, not live action. Uh, Wingard apparently wrote a 272-page script for this in high school. So this is a passion project for him.
2: Yeah, thank. Uh, although geez. he does not
1: want to do a live action film as he says it, he doesn't want to change the look of things. You know, he appreciates the colors and just the, the general feel. Yeah, I can't do color in film. Well, well y- y- as we've seen with a lot of superhero movies, they they've adapted them away from their comic form just because it doesn't really play out, you know, well in, in quote, unquote, real life. Um, Although this is not going to be live action, a number of names have already been attached to this project, including Vin Diesel, Ryan Reynolds, and Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, No timeline on the film is in place. Um, So, I mean, between, let's see, uh, Transformers, Thundercats, Voltron, I am. I am. I just have a feel like I'm set up for a lot of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I um. We had mentioned before about superhero burnout. I mean, just between the CW and HBO Max and all the movies. I mean, you, you kind of hope that there's something else out there. You know, we had talked about their, you know, going through cycles. You know, the '80s had their their properties that they did in the 90s and you know the, the thousands and you know we get the superhero decade or so what do you think is the next property that could be that's relatively untapped but that Game will be shows. the next
0: wave of movies I'm, i think we're starting to see a flicker of that don't you of the next thing i think darren might be able to hint us into two of those things
2: yes perhaps i can Now, when I give you the initials G-O-T, to a lot of people that means Game of Thrones, but to me, it means Ghost of Tsushima. Rapidly ascending my all-time faves, and evidently for many others, as it was PS4's fastest-selling title in the console history, and it did so at a time of great competition, even from within its own, as the PS5 was released during the height of Ghost of Tsushima's popularity. Well, seems that's all it took To get the movie adaptation buzz or rolling. The team that brought John Wick to life is attached to translate the game's plot to movie screen. Presumably like most games to movies rumor, it'll never see the light of day. And we all know there is a wonderful track record of video game adaptations to movies. They've all been good. Um, (laughs) As such... Fresh rumors are once again surrounding my all-time favorite game, Red Dead Redemption, as they seem to pop up, I don't know, every 18 to 24 months. Nothing other than that to report. Listen, John Marston, Arthur Morgan, and Jin Sakai are among my favorite gaming characters, and I'll admit seeing them on the big screen would be a treat. But how would each do in a post-apocalyptic, giant robot-dominated sandbox... A question literally no one is asking.
1: You know who I know who would do fairly well in that sort of surrounding. Who? Aloy. Sony is reportedly developing a movie based on Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, you missed my happy dance when I first saw that. Um, as well as a film based on Demon Souls. Uh, no other information is available currently. Um, But I have a feeling that, uh, you know, given the whole Spider-Man Marvel arrangement that Sony has going on, uh, you know, they have a large catalog of usable intellectual properties at their disposal. I got a feeling they're going to be tapping into them. So, you know, not having to share the profits, you know, complete control, et cetera, et cetera. So that might be our new big genre going forward. Man, I if they do, I hope they do it right because this needs to be an IMAX. This needs to be like like soaring down at Disney. Man, this this has to be like 360 degrees of just all encompassing. You like you feel like you're going to be eaten, you know. When you when you, I don't. It, uh, it could be amazing, but like you said, the track record on video game adaptations. And would it be a completely new story, or they would just retell Horizon Zero Dawn?
0: Right. Like, we need, we need something really, truly great to kind of knock us out of the, oh, uh, video game movie, huh? Great. I am so excited to see this in the theaters. Well, that is something that uh, is going
1: forward. Uh, something that is not. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced the cancellation of the New Gods movie and an Aquaman spinoff, The Trench. Uh, The New Gods has been scrapped because Darkseid just appeared in the Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh, The Trench was canceled because it felt that there wasn't enough Aquaman connection and that the upcoming Aquaman 2 is enough Atlantean content for now. Uh, Apparently, The New Gods was supposed to be a standalone film, but Darkseid's appearance interfered with that plan uh never fear because dc still has a number of other films in various stages of development including blue beetle our man plastic woman the aforementioned static shock and Zatanna. superman uh, not to mention a number of hbo max tv series in development uh guys this has just been like a lot of tv and movies um Looking at all that, it, it reminded me of one of my uh, favorite lines from uh, The Princess Bride. And Fred Savage is sitting in his bedroom with his grandfather. He pulls out the bound edition of The Princess Bride. And Fred Savage says, a book, Grandpa? And he goes, that's right. When I was your age, television was called books.
3: Matt. Matt. Excellent. Well, back over to the comic book news. Uh, So we'd already talked about this before. It's War of the Bounty Hunters. I think we're all pretty excited about this idea. I know Darren and I have spoken about it a little bit before. Um, Why it got brought back up is because um, StarWars.com has released uh, some of the variant covers that are going to be coming out. And maybe a little bit more information. I know some of this was new information to me. So I mentioned the Bad Batch coming out on May 4th. Well, the following day is going to be the prelude to War of the Bounty Hunters. It'll be a, a preview here. We had talked about it before. Um, just as a brief recap, it's going to be uh, Boba Fett getting uh, Han Solo Frozen in Carbonite from uh, Sky City over to uh, Jabba the Hutt. So we're going to be there. Um, so the prelude will come out in May. Um, then we'll have the crossover editions of the four different comic books that it's going to be bringing in. So we'll have Star Wars. We'll have Star Wars Darth Vader. We'll have Star Wars Bounty Hunters. And we'll have Star Wars Doctor Afra. And then it'll kind of start its own new series coming out in July. And it's only going to be a five-part miniseries starting in that time. So it'll end in October. Um, But they've kind of mentioned that before. So uh, I'm excited. I'm extremely excited about this. Uh, So I don't know how your guys' emotions are wrapped around this one. Um, But actually what's kind of cool is a lot of the numbers on the other series that I just brought up are kind of in the early double digits. So I don't think it's ridiculous for you to be able to go back and kind of get re-familiarized with the comic book versions of the, the ones I just listed. So with like Dr. Afra, and, you know, Darth Vader, at least their comic book series uh, that they've decided to go with now. So you can probably jump into those at this point uh, before Bounty Hunter, War of the Bounty Hunters comes out. But this is one that I was definitely very, very excited for. Absolutely. Uh, moving on from one Star Wars thing to another Star Wars thing, uh, a book recently dropped uh, on Amazon. You can get that. I'm sure you can get it in another place too. It's called Skywalker, A Family at War. Uh, written by Kristen Baber, who is uh, uh, one of the editors and also a large contributor on StarWars.com. So here, this reads, at least, I got kind of excited about it because one of the things that is my bag, and I know Darren's father and I have talked about this too, is English history and this idea of it being almost kind of like the Plantagenets, but taking place in in space. Uh, So looking at it in Skywalker, um, I do have to admit, I read just a little bit of it. I I downloaded the sample uh, to see whether or not it was something worth my time. Um, it could be interesting and, and maybe I just didn't read the right snippet for it. It does feel like I'm being told information that I already knew. Um, so I'm not exactly overly excited about some of the stuff that I read, but it, it may get better. So I don't want to do a quick judgment after having only read, uh, you know, a couple dozen pages, but I just wanted to kind of bring that out, uh, and mention that too, because I think, you know, at least it provides some kind of, uh, maybe a bow on the, on the, uh, Star Skywalker saga as it just ended um and moving from something that's an old property into an even older property darren
2: well it's not as old as they come but it's pretty close uh gary reported a while back uh, a sale of i believe it was batman number one is that right gary yes uh well action comics has sold again uh setting yet another record action comics number one of course the first appearance of superman cleveland's own uh, sold for 3.25 million, which is $500,000 more than it sold last time around, um, setting another record. Uh, it's you know obviously I don't see what comic, unless it's Canto number one that will uh, break uh, the Action Comics number one record. Boy oh boy would we feel stupid if that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, this is something that's uh, every time it gets sold, it gets sold for more money than it did before. And nothing's ever going to beat it. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. It's the first when Phil and I, I've mentioned this before, we went to the Cleveland public libraries, um, Superman exhibit, which is no longer there. I mean, we stood within inches of this thing and it was like, Oh my God. I mean, it was pretty it was
0: impressive. quick, How close we were to that thing.
2: Yeah. We just sat there and like, and it was the strangest thing about it. We were walking around in a room and, it wasn't being guarded.
1: It I was, was just going to ask Bill that. and I were just
2: standing there. No one was, I mean, it was in a case. So, but I mean, like,
3: you couldn't See, help bro. but
2: go like, listen, the case I can run. you between... ready to carry out the door? Yeah. Like... I mean, it, it, was, it was in a case. It was in very well displayed. But, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it wasn't like, you figure this thing would be under lock and key and guard and it'd be someone next to it. And then it was, Phil and I were walking around the room. We had just spoken to the sculptor. Who was hired to produce the Superman statue? We did an interview with him, and then we moved on. We were walking around. We knew what was there. Um, they had this really amazing. Do you remember this Phil? This digital version of it, where you could like they had it projected. Yeah. You could flip through it, which was really really cool. Uh, so you could actually see the issue, and it was just like on. It was on. It was in a case. It was. In, it was. And it was in its little uh, like its whatever. It's uh, hard plastic backing, but it was just sitting right there, and Phil and I were just like, there it is. It's like the like holy that. grail of pop culture. It's I at least on one me. of them. I'm pretty sure we took a picture of it and smacked it up on the Instagram. Yeah, it's so- in there. It's in our Instagram feed somewhere yeah. sitting right there. And I think there might have a picture in Phil and I like, Oh my God, we're next to immortality. Um, but I don't know if it had sold by for 3.25 million back then. I'm sure. I mean, still, I mean, this is pretty impressive. Um, and it, you know, listen, one of the reasons is there is no collector's market when this thing hits the stands. It, Starts the collector's market. It's the reason that this thing is 3.25 million, and you know most of the Marvel number ones are, you know, in a couple hundred thousand. Not that that's anything to sneeze at, but they're a couple hundred thousand. Because by this point, people knew, okay, this is a number one. I got to pick it up and save it. Um, right. And there was a really great quote. Mike Olszewski, who is a Cle- old Cleveland DJ, he now works for the for the Siegel Schuster Society. Um, he say he stated. That whomsoever a child, a person who threw down that first dime that purchased that first issue of Action Comics number one started America's obsession with pop culture. And uh, That's really a great way to think about it. So it's you know anytime there's news about that comic, that's pretty great. Um, and I know Gary, you, you spoke in the podcast your brief momentary brush with immortality, where you almost held it in your hands, but it was uh, I know you told the story before. Uh, and that well, is was, one of my big regrets that I did not read through that. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: the reprint, but it was identical to the original.
2: Yeah, but it, I mean, I, I heard somewhere along the line. I think the very first reprint of Action Comics is worth a couple hundred bucks. Oh, that I still it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean that I, I can flip through that carefully. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, touch yeah, yeah, the yeah. Original. Yeah. Oh wow, that was a lot of stuff, man. Once again, uh, there doesn't seem to be <laughs> an end. To the the things we keep getting month and month in and month now, those like because while we are away, a million and one things occurred. But I do have a question. Um, our one of our first stories and going back up, I think it was in the top five. The Pierce Brosnan. And I said he's one of the most underrated actors to me. I saw him in a movie called The Matador a long time. He was magnificent in that movie. It was a really fun movie. Um, he's my favorite Bond. I kind of felt like he is on the back nine a little bit to some degree and now here he is taking on a major role in a dc movie i also don't see him as like playing around in the superhero movie but dr fate and uh coming up in a couple of weeks uh matt is going to have a review of books of magic in which he does appear so matt what do you think
3: uh, well, do you want I talking specifically about Pierce Brosnan or the character? I'll, I'll say Pierce, the Pierce Brosnan casting doesn't surprise me overall. I mean, think that, not to be cynical or anything like that, I think a lot of these uh, older actors are seeing an opportunity to, uh, you know, cash that big paycheck. And and, and if there's a role willing, they, or if there's a role sitting out there and they're willing to do it, I would say absolutely go for it. I, I think about it in the terms of when we saw, um, and I almost called him Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> When we saw Professor Xavier and Magneto in the early two thousands, I mean Ian McKellen wasn't that much younger. I mean, it's these kinds of things. It's kind of it's not overly surprising to see older older men kind of fill out these roles a little bit every once in a while and take these paychecks.
2: Okay. I mean I I'm all for it. I I think him as Doctor Fate is gets me closer to wanting to see that movie. Just his presence alone to like I'm a fan of his already. And I like him. I, from all accounts, he seems like a wonderful guy. Of course, I'm sure people might agree. But I, th- I mean, he seems like a cool dude to me. So, I mean, I'm interested to see how that works. Pierce Brosnan in a superhero movie as Dr. Fate.
3: Yeah, and, and getting more to the character. So, like you mentioned before, and I'll, and I'll talk about it in our next episode, Is kind of like, as they kind of give him a little bit of the backstory in Books of Magic. I mean, it does seem like an interesting character. I mean, definitely, he's a... You know, he's a 20th century character uh, that dabbled in the, the magical arts and things like that. It could be really interesting to see where they choose to go with that one,
1: yeah. for
0: sure. Very cool. I'm trying. To, I did have one question. I don't know, Gary, as a follow-up to your Kids in the Hall news, because I was a big fan of Kids in the Hall coming up. Um, do we know if they're going to include the old seasons on Amazon Prime now? Because I know you can buy them do as far as as without purchasing, um, I I know
1: they're available for purchase. They are. Um, honestly, I didn't look into that aspect. I mean, I, I know this new series is a continuation of the old one. So again, it's the same cast, you know, they're going to redo some of the same characters. Um, God, I don't know how. Right. Nowadays. Um, and there will be a few new characters apparently, um. Which, you know, you, over time you'd think they'd have to develop, you know, something new.
0: I was just curious if they're going to tag on that back catalog because I did look fairly recently and I knew they were for sale. I just didn't know if they're actually including them.
1: Oh. We, we had Amazon Amazon Prime video for a while and for some reason we lost access to it. So I, have, I haven't even been able to look it up.
0: I, uh, I do not know the answer to that question. I definitely keep a grip on it for the boys and uh, Invincible. Mm. which I've only seen the first episode and I didn't really have to dance around too many spoilers too much for that first episode to be completely honest. Uh, but yeah.
2: Now you said that, it, that that was announced a while ago. March I, of
1: 2020.
2: Yeah. And there, nothing has come out since now I'm looking at their IMDb, IMDb pages and for each one of their, uh, the main character main actors, um, which I knew by heart, they're all in there. It says "Kids in the Hall," nineteen eighty-eight to twenty twenty-one. But there's right. no—I don't know if it was already out somehow, or are we. But they, but they did. They there were no always doing TV. stuff in the no. BB. I wonder if it only came out in Canada, like if, that was it, like, because they they would do like mini series from time to time that would mm-hmm. air in Canada, but they would never make it in the states.
1: I think there would still be a news report or something.
2: Hey man, all I know is. In the days, in the late 80s, when SNL was in its heyday, there got to be a point where, as much as you loved SNL, you were just waiting for 1 a.m. <laughs> for kids in the hall. I mean, it was... God, I I have so many... I laugh out loud at that show so hard in my own... Do you have a favorite sketch? I character? do. I do have a favorite sketch, and it's such a random one. It's... Uh, where I think it's Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley and Dave Foley's telling Kevin McDonald about a movie he watched and he can't think of the name of the movie and it's Citizen Kane. So he keeps describing, um, Citizen Kane and Kevin McDonald's. Oh yeah. It's Citizen Kane. No, it's not Citizen Kane. He goes, yeah, yeah. Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Citizen Kane. No, it's not Citizen Kane. It gets to the point where, he gets uh, a paper. What time was the movie on? He goes, it was at 10 o'clock last night on, on CBC1. Right there. Citizen is one. C- Citizen Kane. And he ends up like stabbing him. He goes, it's Citizen Kane. It's Citizen Kane. It's Citizen Kane. And he's like stabs him like four times. And Dave Foley goes, that's not going to help me remember. <laughs> it's just so random and so stupid. And I always like the, uh, the sketch where Dave Foley forgot to write the ending to a sketch. And they just do the fast forward, he goes, of the sketch. day yeah. 12 of the sketch, supplies are running low. <laughs> just so bizarre, the, the, the so stream of
1: consciousness. The Remorseful Shark was a favorite of mine. Oh, scora And, and my, my favorite sketch of all time, I think, involved uh, Mark McKinney. He comes out of the shower wrapped in a towel. <laughs> okay, you're naughty. you remember it. Yes. And the answering machine is flashing. Yeah, yeah well, I'll leave it at that.
2: It's... And their movie Brain Candy was fantastic. Oh, nah. I movie... had to go see that at the Cedar Lee Theater, and, like it was like an independent film essentially, and I cried. It also helped you get a beer there back in the day, which at that time was unheard of. But oh my god, that to me, that <laughs> you can't even we can't even talk about that. And it's supposed to be a family friendly show, so kids do right. not go see. Yeah. that I was, movie. Tra- I was trying to come up with a segment.
3: Go ahead, man. Oh, oh, one of my favorite sketches was the one where he's uh, sorry, uh, was the one where he has the ham at the dinner table and mm-hmm. he was like, Man, this is good ham. And then he gets in trouble for it and he's got to run around. <laughs> he sings that <laughs> stupid song. Is that character Bob? And they're like, Where are you going to go? And he picks up the ocean, he spins it around, or he spins up the glow, <laughs> picks up the globe, spins it around, hits the ocean. She's like, The ocean, Bob. We don't even know anybody in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> So Is that also the same character who has to give his jacket over to the devil so he can have his own band called The Noodles? I
2: can't remember. Oh, what you, yeah, because yeah. he can't play guitar. He would always react like. He
3: plays smoke on the water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he has a guitar off with of the devil. Away from yeah. her
0: name. All right. So with some quick, 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 quick digging through Twitter, um, they announced it and had not started filming right when COVID hit
1: oh, oh yeah i forgot about that oh,
0: they've started recording episodes there are some pictures of uh characters that have aged that exist if you want to dig through the kids in the hall oh, twitter feed um I so cannot look, like, wait. still coming friends nice
2: i like the dad you know what's funny now the dad they used to, i used to laugh at it was like he's hip he's cool he's 45 <laughs> and i'm like uh-oh it's not as funny as it used to be <laughs> well, i laughed at that back in 1989 but i ain't laughing now <laughs>
1: hey phil here's something that's not so funny um spider-man toby now would, would a older spider-man perhaps lead into a miles morales appearance
0: it's, but, like, the thing, the issue is that it's it's getting muddy with the multiverse. So, sure, Miles Morales. Miles Morales has already been acknowledged in the MCU, not by direct name, but by his uncle, Aaron. Okay. I was, I was wondering if maybe there was a way Sony could, like, you know, ride off the sunset that way and just let Peter Parker stay with Marvel. I mean, maybe. If they're smart, they'll stick to their Spider-Verse animated stuff for Miles Morales, in my opinion but you're not wrong. They could be going down that route, but any any black suit Spider-Man coming
2: out of Sam Raimi, it can stay. I see right, you, Matt still laughing at kids in the hall. I am too. <laughs> that might <laughs> need to be a watch Carter, party.
3: I like the dig at Spider-Man 3, though, there that Phil just threw in.
0: So. Um, right.
2: So, hey, But can I ask a question about Spider-Man 3, Phil? Isn't it kind of widely known that Spider-Man 3 was completely taken out of Sam Raimi's hands. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm all for this. I kind of want it just because, you know, in the same way we got Zack Snyder got to have his... We finally got to get that out of the way. Like, this was completely taken out of my hands. He endured a personal tragedy during the filming. It became something that wasn't even his. Um, so we got to write that wrong. And I kind of want McGuire and Raimi... Um, to come back to get their shot to write that wrong, which it doesn't it never made sense to me because Sam Raimi's is like, I made a billion dollars for you. And now you're saying you don't trust me to make this third movie. Um, so I hope it happens. I know you're afraid. I still think you don't need to be because it's very unlikely. The next one's going to stink to be honest. And that's because the last one did. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man, I, I'm kind of rooting for it to be honest with you. I
0: mean, I hope the next film is good, and if they make this, I hope it's good. It's just, it's concerning, and I think it's understandable that I'm concerned. I don't need my Spider-Man to turn in your Batman world. My Batman? It's
2: not my Batman world, brother.
3: (laughs) We only have to worry about that. I have not. Disavowed
2: that crap a long time ago.
0: Right. All right, gentlemen. Well, we covered a lot this first part of the month. We will be back a little later this month with a couple cool things. We're gonna talk about our least favorite costumes that our superheroes have worn that are not their normals. We're going to do a little bit of stick, stuck, pick, sayonara, uh, which is now fun now that we're all reading stuff and we have some things to talk about. Um, Matt's gonna give us a little bit of uh, magic with a retro review of Books of Magic. And that'll, that'll be it. And I'm sure I'll get made fun of a bit more because that is uh, kind of the direction we're headed, which is fine. Didn't happen um, in this episode. It, it was, it was snubbed at the top. It wanted to happen.
2: Well, you're welcome. Uh-huh.
0: All right. So remember, as always, you guys can follow us on panel scanners on Instagram. Um, good place to kind of see what we're reading throughout the month. And if you want to interact with the books that we're reading and have little conversations, uh, I try my best to respond to people. Uh, Darren has gotten a lot more uh, consistent uploading some images as well of what he is reading. So feel free to reach out. We'll, we'll get back to you as fast as we can. Uh, leave us a rating and some comments wherever you're downloading this uh, so that we can hear from you. We'd love to get some feedback and, and see what we be do better, or how much you disagree with our choices or if we're completely wrong about something that we reported. It's always fun to have a little bit of an argument. So uh, from everyone here at the panel scanners, until next time, enjoy your comics.